call somebody. I'm back, baby. What? 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 Four out of five top Hollywood movie stars use moment, moment, moment of clarity. Oh, that's right, baby. We back at it again. It's your man, Stefan G. And you are tuned in to another eclectic episode of Moment of Clarity. Right here on the Promised Life Network. Moment of Clarity available to you every single week at thestefang.com. Just head on over to my website, the S-T-F-A- I don't forgot how to spell my name. The S-T-E-F-A-N-G dot com. And you can download any missed episodes of Moment of Clarity every single week. And guess what? We're moving to Thursdays, y'all. We've been releasing our show every Friday, but now we're moving to Thursdays. Uh, Thursdays is just a better day for us. So make sure you check out Moment of Clarity every single Thursday at thestephang.com. Also available on iTunes and Stitcher. So go to iTunes and Stitcher. Make us your favorite or subscribe to us on iTunes. And you can get instant downloads of Moment of Clarity every single time we post a new show. So today, today, today. Today, listen up. We're talking about sin today, y'all. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner, baby. I'm a sinner. And we're going to talk about the top five things that sin does for you. The top five benefits to sin. See, a lot of people don't understand. They don't realize. We hear so much about the bad parts about sin. And we hear so much about what's wrong with sin and how you shouldn't sin and what you shouldn't do and where you shouldn't go and who you shouldn't be around. And I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but one of my objectives in everything that I do is to get you to look at things from a different angle. And so instead of today talking about just sin is just bad, 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 we're going to talk about the top five benefits to sin in my life. I don't know if these will be the top five benefits to sin in your life, but it's the top five benefits to sin in my life. We're going to talk about my sin and how sin benefits my life. And I guarantee you, If you listen closely, you will be able to relate to everything I'm saying today. So you want to make sure you stay tuned in. You want to make sure you listen to the entire show so you can get all of the top five benefits to sin in your life. Well, my life. Well, yeah, your life too. While you're on the website, thestephang.com, make sure you check us out on the quad. Join the quad. It's our own personal community Facebook group. We will talk in depth about things that we talk about on the show. We'll talk in depth about blog posts that are made on the site and all types of different innuendos and actual situations and circumstances. You can ask any question you want to ask. You can say anything you want to say. Just go to the quad, thestephang.com, and hit the link at the top of your page called the quad. So, Let's get into this. The top five benefits to sin. And I know some people are listening to this show because they just can't believe that I am going to say this. They can't believe that I've brought this topic up. They can't believe that this is something that somebody would put out on the radio. But I'm doing it because it's my show and I can do what I want to do. So the top five benefits to sin in your life. Number five, we're going to count it down, five to one. Number five, immediate gratification. 
I'll say it again. Number five is immediate gratification. When you uh, partake in sin in your life, nine times out of 10, the benefit from sin is immediate gratification. Whatever it is that you want, you can have it instantly. If you, I mean, think about it. If you throw all of your morals, all of your standards, everything to the side, you can have immediate gratification for anything you want in life. All you have to do is partake in sin. And I know for me, this has been a benefit to the sin in my life. And it's actually one of the reasons that some of the sin in my life I've tried to hold on to because it brings me immediate gratification. It brings me a sense of feeling and indulgence right in that second, right in that moment, right in that time when I need it the most, that time when I feel like either nobody is there or nobody's listening or nobody understands or I just can't get it right or it happened again, whatever the particular cliche is for that moment, indulging in sin brings about immediate gratification. It also allows indulgence in my wants. Now, you know I gotta take it the right road. Number five Immediate gratification and allowance for indulgence in your wants. Now, this isn't to say that the immediate gratification is beneficial to you. It's just to say that this is what sin brings into your life. And so if you're deciding to sin because 99.9999999999% of all sin is intentional, there's very few things that you can do that can be categorized as sin that we can call unintentional because everything we do in our life is a choice. And so if we've made the choice to do a particular action, that means if that action can be categorized as sin, then we made the choice to partake in sin. And so I'm not here to tell you that immediate gratification is actually good for you because what immediate gratification does is it actually distracts from your overall purpose in life. Yeah, go ahead. Sink on that for a little bit. Yeah. You thought this was going to be a sin parade, which it is, but it's also, we've got to have some truth. We've got to have some clarity in the moment of clarity. But what immediate gratification does is it distracts from your overall purpose in life. You're focused on what's going on now instead of focused on the future goals and aspirations that you've set for yourself. You're focused on getting what you want or what you may think you want and you begin to ignore what you need or what might be most beneficial for you. Because you're thinking about what you want immediately, I immediately want the touch, the soft, sensual touch of a beautiful woman. That, that's for me, that's for me. I immediately want the money that I haven't earned. I immediately want whatever it is I want. If I go that route through the avenue of sin, it provides me that immediate, immediate gratification. It provides me and allows for my indulgence and my wants, but it distracts from my overall purpose in life. When I'm thinking about what's going on now, when I'm making all of my choices based off now, when I'm being intentional only about the now, I am completely forgetting about what is and will be. And I know many people will tell you, and I'll be one of the people to tell you, that you can't make all of your decisions based off what you think will happen in the future. But we're not talking about what you think will happen in the future. We're talking about making our choices based off what we desire to happen in the future. You know, because the Bible says itself that you frame your world. You know, life and death is in the power of the tongue. You have the power to speak things into existence. I'm not talking prosperity gospel. I'm not talking name it and claim it. But it is a psychological fact that people who think certain things do certain things and say certain things. 
Out of the abundance of a man's heart, the mouth speaks. And so whatever is in there is what's going to come out. And when you're indulging in your wants and when you're partaking in sin for the benefit of immediate gratification, you're completely ignoring what is to be. And when I say what is to be, I'm not talking about what you think should be. I'm talking about talking about what you desire to be. We can frame our entire life based off our choices and based off our actions. But we have to acknowledge our sin. We have to acknowledge the fact that the sin in our life is not just there because we're sinful people. Yeah, we're sinful people. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. We're all sinners. It's like being an alcoholic. From the day you become an alcoholic, you're always an alcoholic. That's why when people go to Alcoholics Anonymous, you could be sober for 14 years. When you go to a meeting, you say, my name is John and I'm an alcoholic because it's something that you have to own and identify with. Same with your sin. If you are sinning, if you are partaking in any sin in your life, and I'm not, I'm not up here to browbeat your sin. Everybody's got their particular sins that they like and they enjoy and they partake in because it fills a need for them. And one of those needs in my life has been immediate gratification and the indulgence in whatever it is I want in that moment. And so if you're going to do it, just understand what you're getting out of it and understand what it's doing in your life. Yes, you're getting immediate gratification. Yes, you're getting to indulge in the things that you want, but you're also distracting from your overall purpose in life. The thing that you were put on this planet to do, the place that you were put on this planet to go, the people you were put on this planet to speak to, the lives that you were put on this planet to change and to enhance and to help, you are distracting from that thing by focusing on getting immediate gratification. It's just true. That's exactly what you're doing. You're distracting yourself from those things by deciding to indulge in what you want right now. And you may say, well, I don't have some big grand destiny. I'm not supposed to be, you know, T.D. Jakes, and I'm not supposed to travel the world as a missionary, and I'm not supposed to this, and I'm not supposed to that. But regardless of how big or how small you perceive your purpose in life to be, you have one, and you're here for it, and it's something that you are supposed to be gearing towards doing it's a walk that you're supposed to be taking to an expected destination and if you're indulging in sin for reason number five immediate gratification and indulgence in our wants then you are by all means distracting yourself from carrying out that legacy that you were put on this planet to do everybody is here to help somebody Everybody is here to change somebody's life in some way, shape, or form. Whether it's a big change, whether it's a small change, that everybody's here for a purpose. And when you indulge in reason number five, you are distracting yourself from that purpose. And that's reason number five. So reason number five is immediate gratification and the indulgence in the things that we want. That's something that sin does for us. And it's a benefit to sin. It's one of the reasons that we stick around our sin. It's one of the reasons that our sin becomes so difficult for us to let go of because it's giving us this. Sin is actually providing us with something that we that makes us feel better. It does. Sin has a purpose. The devil is not just out here trying to get you to sin. I know. I said the devil. I don't care. The devil is not out here <laughs> trying to get you to sin for no reason. He strategically makes sin something that you desire. He strategically 
put sin in place to fill a need so that you won't go to the source for the need. We all know the source is Christ. And if you don't know the source is Christ, then I'm here to tell you the source is Christ. But he's put that uh, particular sin in your path, that particular reason for sin in your path so that you won't go to the source for your gratification and you won't go to the source for your wants. Because when you go to Christ for things that you want, he might tell you, no, you can't have it, right? (laughs) That just rules out the immediate gratification. Now I don't get what I want when I want it. And so that's what one of the benefits of sin in my life, immediate gratification and allowing for the indulgence in my wants. Okay, number four, we're going to go to number four. I should have had some music or, you know, something big and over the top to go in between each one of these. Like, you know, I should have had the sports center guy. Number four, you know, that kind of stuff. But anyway, number four, it covers pain. One of the benefits of sin is that it covers pain. If you haven't had a chance to read the blog post that I put up on thestephang.com, go check it out. Go to thestephang.com. That's S-T-E-F-A-N-G.com. And look for the blog post entitled Numb the Pain. Because that's one of the things that sin does. It numbs the pain. It doesn't remove the pain, but it covers the pain. And that's another reason that we stick with our sin. It covers our pain. If we're going through pain because somebody died, if we're going through pain because we lost a job, pain because we lost a house, pain because we got divorced, pain because our children aren't listening to us, pain because of any number of reasons that I can't begin to spit out right now. But you know what type of pain you're going through and you know why it's in your life. And if you're going through pain, It's very easy to indulge in sin to cover that pain. It's very easy to lose a loved one and then go out and just act a fool because you want to be around people, because you want to feel accepted, because you want all types of things. And sin can cover that pain of losing a loved one. It's very easy to lose a house. Let's say you lost your house, right? You know, you were a victim of the housing crisis that took place in America, right? It's very easy for us to then completely ignore how we're spending our money. We don't look at the bank account. We write bad checks. And if you don't write bad checks, because who still writes checks? We overdraft our debit cards. We max out our credit cards. Why? Because we're looking to cover the pain of our loss. We're looking to cover the pain of what we've gone through. But the problem is sin doesn't remove the pain. It only covers the pain. It gives the illusion that the pain is gone. It gives the illusion that the pain doesn't exist, but it's just an illusion. The pain's still there. It's just been covered up. You know what I mean? It's like when you, for those of you who have children and even those of you who don't have children, we've all done this as a child, right? We go in the room, we hide under the cover of our bed. You know, we put the cover over our heads And you got this big lump sticking up out of the bed. And then your parent comes in and says, where's Joshua? Where's Maya? I can't find you. And then, you know, a little kid rips off the covers. Here I am. But we all knew it was he was there. We all knew she was there. They were just covered. And that's what sin does. It covers the pain. The person's not gone. The pain's not gone. It's just covered up. It's just in a place where we don't have to look at it. It's in a place where we don't have to pay attention to it 
It's in a place where we don't have to see it, where we can just ignore it and act like it doesn't exist. But the truth of the matter is, it still does exist. It still does exist. And until you go to the source, until you go through the process of identifying the pain, owning the pain, you know what I mean? And going through the process of removing the pain, it's still going to be there. And all the sin is going to do is cover the pain. Now, I'll say it again. I'm not here to browbeat your sin. Sin does an excellent job of covering pain. And if it's and if that's what you want to do in that moment of time, if what you want to do is cover your pain in that moment of time, sin will do an excellent job of covering that pain. The only problem is the pain is not going to be gone. The pain is still going to be there. And so no matter how much sin you put on top of it, it doesn't remove the pain. You can put sin after sin after sin after sin after sin on top of this pain that you are feeling and it's still going to be there because as soon as the sin is over, as soon as you've maxed out all your credit cards, as soon as you've uh, had sex with somebody you're not married to, as soon as you've cussed out your boss, you know, as soon as you've done whatever it is that you're doing that could be categorized as sin, as soon as that's over, the pain returns and says, hey, I'm still here. You still have to deal with me. And so then you got to go find more sin to cover up the pain. See, that's the problem behind using sin to cover up pain is it's something that you have to keep doing repeatedly, 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 repeatedly. You have to keep giving yourself that shot of anesthesia over and over and over again because you haven't healed the wound. You haven't healed the ACL. You haven't you know, fix the muscle tear. You haven't, you know, set the bone and put a cast around it and allowed it to heal. You haven't healed whatever the problem is. So you have to keep taking shots of anesthesia. You have to keep downing Xanax after Xanax after Xanax after Xanax. Yeah, that's for somebody who's listening. Put the Xanax down. Xanax after Xanax after Xanax after Xanax. You have to keep downing all these pills to cover up this pain that you have But if you just go to the source, he can remove the pain. You don't have to worry about covering it up with sin any longer. That's what it does. It covers pain. It doesn't remove it. But like I said, if that's what you want to do in that moment of time, I'm just here to tell you what's going on so you can understand exactly what you're doing. See, this episode is not about trying to get you to stop sinning. I'm I'm not qualified to call you to I'm not qualified to ask you (laughs) to stop sinning I am the least qualified person to say you shouldn't do that but not only that I'm not your savior so I'm not qualified to ask you to stop sinning I'm not qualified to make you stop sinning I don't have the ability to uh to coerce you or to convince you that you shouldn't sin I can put some things out there that might make you feel like it's time to stop sinning but the choice is ultimately yours so if this If you in this perception, I'm giving you this new perception so you'll know exactly what you're doing. And if you choose to continue to do it, then that's on you. That's you and Jesus. I would say try not to. I would say go to him, get some help, let him remove the pain. But if it's what you choose to keep doing, at least know what you're doing. You're covering pain. You're not removing pain. I know in my life, I did a lot of covering pain. I didn't remove any pain. I just covered it up with a whole, 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 whole lot of sin. I mean, ugh, that's a whole different episode. No, that's the book. One day you'll have to read my book. It's called I Can Relate, and, and you'll just have to check it out. It's not finished yet, but it's coming. But I just covered it up with a ton of sin, sin after sin after sin after sin after sin. 
I was a fornicator. I was a liar. I was a thief. I was a this. I was that. If it was on the list, I probably did it. I didn't murder anybody, but I actually had a dream last night that I did. So we'll talk about that later, too. (laughs) But I didn't murder anybody. But everything else, I probably checked off the list. But I was just covering up my pain. The pain that I didn't even realize was there. See, you have to identify the pain. You have to notice that it's there. You have to find out where it came from. Then you have to own it, and then you have to go through the process of removing it. But like I said, we are here to identify the benefits of sin. These are the things that sin does for you so that you can understand what you're doing, and if you choose to keep doing it, at least you know what you're doing. And if you choose not to do it because now you know what you're doing, that's even better. But I want you to know what's going on. I want you to have a great understanding of why you're going into the sin that you're going into because it's just, like I said, it's just what it does. So number five, sin gives us immediate gratification and allows for the indulgence in the things that we want. We get what we want and we get it right now, right? Number four is sin covers pain. It doesn't remove the pain, it covers the pain. But we want to be people that are not distracted from our overall purpose by desiring immediate gratification. And we want to be people that have pain removed and not covered. So when we get back from this break, we're going to talk about the top three things. There's three more on the list. The top three benefits to sin in your life. Because there's three more benefits. These are the benefits of sin in your life. My name is Stefan G. You're listening to Moment of Clarity. Be back in a bit. Don't forget America's veterans. Log on to thankyouveterans.org and write a thank you card to a veteran for their service to our country. A public service of Paralyzed Veterans of America. You know that the ice cream scoop can make a child smile and that by slowing us down, the traffic light can keep us going. You know that the lawnmower makes life easier, that the blood bank makes life possible. But did you know all these ideas came from the minds of African Americans? Support the United Negro College Fund, because a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Visit uncf.org or call 1-800-332-UNCF. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. I'm about to record this hook, y'all. It go, it go, it go, it go. Let's get it, yeah. I'm not as serious as some may esteem. This dream will get washed out like Listerine. If it ever stops being so pristine, switches up in style like Aguilera, Gaga, Christine, or Britney Spears drinking beers while it's glistening. I don't belong here, I am just visiting with no visa, and I'm here to see Caesar, and I got all of my reasons. Bottom line is that we won, they looking so baffled, I'm winning like a raffle with only one 
contestant in it while they build the castle never understand but i'm chilling on the shore i don't want to be hassled so i'm not keeping score roots long what do you stand for not being a man whore oh you're such a bore to the core will take a candor deep into my life a miracle makes me better and left to my own i'm just whatever I'm do whatever it takes to get better i'm gonna do whatever it takes to get better Moment of Clarity is your man, Stefan G. And we are talking about the top five benefits to sin in your life, in my life. And, and it's funny because when I first got the idea for this show, I didn't know what it was going to be. But then as I thought about it more, I started realizing people really don't take time to grasp and understand. There are benefits to sin. Sin fills a need in our lives and it does something that we want it to do. And that's why we keep doing it. We don't keep doing it because we're bad people. You know, I want you to erase the notion that any church or pastor or friend or any Christian or any person has ever given you that we sin because we're bad people. We don't sin because we we are bad people. Now, there are some bad people out there, but they're bad for a reason. And the reason we sin is because it fills some type of need, some type of void, some type of thing that we lack in our lives, in our hearts, in our minds, something in our souls that we are lacking, some in, something in our emotions that we are lacking. It fills it up for us. And it's quick and it's instant and it's easy. And that's why we jump into sin. That's why we do sin, because it does something for us. Sin is beneficial. It is. It doesn't mean it's what we're supposed to do. It doesn't mean it's the walk that we're supposed to take. It doesn't mean it's the thing that we should be. But there's something behind what Paul said when he said, I don't do what I want to do. And I do the things that I don't want to do. And I don't understand it. I can't figure out why I keep doing stuff that I don't want to do. And I can't do the things that I do want to do. I just don't get it. And there's a reason for that. It's because sin fills a void in our lives. It has benefits. And so we've gone through the number five and number four. Number three, we're now on number three. The number three benefit to sin in your life is that it avoids responsibility. That's right. It avoids responsibility. And it's, listen, I could have made this number one. I really could have, <laughs> especially when I think about me in my life. I could have made this the number one reason, but it came in at number three and it avoids responsibility. And what I mean when I say that is you don't have to worry about what's next. You don't have to worry about what's to come. You don't have to worry about how what you're doing affects other people. You don't have to worry about the results of your actions and your choices when you're in sin. Because sin gives you this illusion that there are no consequences or that the consequences that come are minimal and minuscule and they don't matter. Or the biggest thing that sin does, and this is how it really captures us. Sin gives us the illusion that whatever it is we want, whatever it is we need, whatever it is we desire is greater than whatever the consequence is that's going to come. Whatever need that that particular sin is filling in that time, it gives us the illusion that that need is greater than whatever the consequence is that's coming after the choice. And so we completely avoid the responsibility that we should be taking when we partake in sin. 
And this is especially true for liars. I remember there was a time in my life, early college years, so late teens, early 20s, man, I lied to everybody about everything. I got saved probably around 22 or 23 years old. So between 17, 18, between 17 and 23, let's say 24, 25, (laughs) because I didn't stop lying the day after I got saved. But between 17 and 23 or 24, I lied about everything. And I was good at it. And I lied just to lie sometimes, but most of the time, I lied to avoid the responsibility for my choices and my actions. I did something, and I didn't want anybody to know that I did it, so I lied about it. Or I did something, and I didn't think you would approve of it, so I lied about it. Or I wanted to do something, and I didn't think you would allow me to, so I lied about it. Or I thought you would talk bad about me for doing it, so I lied about it. Or I wanted something, and I didn't think that you would give it to me. Or I didn't think that you would open an opportunity for me to have it, so I lied about it. And there's two problems with that. Number one, I didn't realize, if you noticed, everything I said, I did this and I didn't think you would. I did that and I didn't think you would. I did this and I didn't think you would. If you go back, go back and listen to that portion again. Just hit rewind real quick. Go back and listen to that portion again. Everything I said, it was something I wanted, but I was dependent on you to provide it. I didn't think you would allow me to do it. I didn't think you would allow me to have it. I didn't think you would give it to me. I didn't think you would approve. Well, that was the number one biggest problem with my lies is I was depending on you for everything. I was depending on you to do and be and provide and give everything. And so anytime that I came up against a obstacle that prevented me from getting what I wanted from you, I lied about it instead of taking the time to take the responsibility and go and get it for myself or go and provide it for myself or go and make it happen for myself or just do without it. And so the number three thing that sin does for us, the number three benefit to sin is it helps us to avoid responsibility. It helps us to completely ignore the consequences of our actions and our choices and specifically our words. We say some hateful, awful, mean things to people we love dearly, but we do it because we are not looking at the choices and how they're going to affect other people. We do things for ourselves. And so the number three benefit of sin is that it helps us to avoid the responsibility for all of those choices and all of those actions and all of those things that we partake in that we think are going to bring about negative consequences. Those things that we think are going to be detrimental to us in the end, we lie about it. We avoid the responsibility for it because we don't want to deal with what's really there. And like I said before, that's one thing that sin is great at. It helps you to not deal with what's really going on. And when I say it helps you, I really mean that. It really helps you to not deal with what is really going on. But it's like I said when I talked about covering pain. I'm outlining these so that you'll know what you're doing when you partake in sin. It's your choice whether you continue to partake in sin or not to continue to partake in sin. But I at least want you to know what you're doing when you make that choice. And when you make a choice to sin, one of the things you're doing is avoiding responsibility for your life and avoiding responsibility for your actions, avoiding responsibility for your choices and avoiding responsibility for your words. That's what you're doing when you partake in sin. 
And so that's the number three thing that sin does. It helps us to avoid responsibility. So if you're writing these down, which I hope you are, let's recap real quick. Number five benefit to sin is that it provides immediate gratification and allows us to indulge in our wants. You know, it it gives us what we want. It gives us to us right now, but it distracts from our overall purpose and it helps us to ignore what we need and what's most beneficial to us in our lives. Number four, the number four benefit of sin is that it covers the pain. It keeps us from paying attention to the thing that is hurting us and it keeps us from dealing with and going through the process of what of taking care of the thing that is hurting us. But what it doesn't do is it doesn't remove the pain. It doesn't take away that thing that's hurting us. It just covers it up and allows us to ignore it, not pay attention to it. The number three thing that sin does, the number three benefit to sin, is that it helps us to avoid responsibility. We now don't have to worry about the consequences of our actions, our choices, or our words because we're just thinking about what we want and when we want it. We're just thinking about ourselves. We're worried that we might not get what we want And so we have decided to partake in this sin so that we can avoid the responsibility of our choices and our actions and ultimately avoid the responsibility of our lives. That's what sin does. Number five, number four, and number three. Now we are on number two. And this, this, this is a big one. This is a big one. That's why it beat out number three, avoid responsibility. Number two. Well, before we get to number two, I just want to tell you real quick. I got to say this. Um, Moment of Clarity is brought to you by YourBestResumeEver.com. If you need help building your resume, if you're writing a resume for the first time, if you haven't been able to land that job that you think you deserve and you think is best for you and you think is best for your family, go to YourBestResumeEver.com. That's yourbestresumeever.com, and you can find tips and tricks and strategies on how to create the best resume you've ever had in your entire life. That's yourbestresumeever.com, and there's an ebook on that site that's coming soon, so make sure you go through all of the lessons and go through all of the articles on the website, and then stay tuned for the ebook, yourbestresumeever.com. Okay, now that we got the technicalities out of the way, number two. It's a big one. It's a huge one. It's a huge one. And it's the number two benefit to sin. Not really the peop- reason people sin, because this isn't a reason, but it's kind of a reason. But the number two benefit to sinning is it builds self-image. It really does. It builds self-image. When you sin, you are building your self-image. When you partake in sin, you are building your self-image. When you do things that would be categorized as sin, you are building your self-image. Now, it's not your true self-image, but it's an ideal self-image. It's who you want to be or who you think you should be or who you believe will be more accepted by others. And a lot of the time, a lot of the time, it's who you believe will be more accepted by others. But it builds this self-image. It builds this false image of who you really are. And, you know, I've put up many blog posts. I get stuck on this who I am and finding yourself and all that kind of stuff. So you can go to thestephong.com and read a couple of blog posts on finding yourself and discovering who you are. But the, the number two benefit to sin is that it builds a self-image 
based off who you would like to be or who you think you should be or who you think would be most accepted by others. And that's what we do. We sin because we want to be accepted by other people. We sin because we believe that it will take us to a greater place. We believe that people who walk in business act like this. But, you know, you'd hear it all the time. Business is cold hearted. So we believe people who are in business need to be cold hearted. So we become cold hearted because we believe that's how it's supposed to be. Or if you're in music, you know, and you become just flagrant with your music, you just become just not wild and crazy, but you're you're avoiding the responsibility of your music. And it's building this self-image of who we think we should be and where we think we should be and what we think we should be doing. But should doesn't exist. And I want you to hold on to that because I am going to do a show on the fact that there is no such thing as could have or should have. But we'll talk about that later. But it's building this self-image. This is how ideal self is created. This is how the perception of who you think you are is created. Now, the thing about it with sin, it can go either way. You can either create an ideal self that you believe is great, or you can create an ideal self that you believe is horrible. Either way, you're still in sin if you're doing it through sin. And what I mean when I say that is, I can sin and sin and sin and build this self-image and believe that the image that I'm building is a fantastic, outstanding, amazing person. Or I can sin and sin and sin and build a self-image that shows me that the person I'm building is horrible and terrible and awful. And both of those different avenues of building a self-image are terrible if it's done through sin. And so I can build up this person and make myself believe that I'm greater than I am through my sin. Or I can build up this person and make myself believe that I'm worse than I am through my sin. But either way, one of the benefits is it's building a self-image. Now, like I said before, this is not your true self. This is an ideal self. And what I mean when I say that is it's not based off who you really are and where you really are. Your reality is not your perception. But your perception can become your reality. And so it's based off of this ideal self is based off what you think where your true self is based off what really is. And so when you look at your true self and you're looking at where you really are in life and you're looking at who you really are in life, that's when you can really begin to take measures to build a true self-image. When I look at who I really am and who I perceive myself to be, I take that back. You first have to look at who you perceive yourself to be. Then you look at who you really are. Who you really are is outlined in the Bible greater than a conqueror, so on and so forth, right? Once you are have identified that person, you can then take the steps necessary to become the person you want to be because you also have to develop the person that you desire to be. You have to have a goal set forward. Who do I want to be? Do I want to be Bill Gates? Do I want to be Steve Jobs? Do I want to be Rupert Murdoch? Do I want to be Fantasia? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you want to be Fantasia. I don't know. But you have to have a place that you're going. And so when you're in sin, you're building this self-image that's not true. It's just a self-image. It's something that you've put on yourself. But when you eradicate that self-image, when you step out of those particular sins, 
When you get rid of that particular benefit, then you can begin to build your true self, the person that you really are and really want to be in life. And so that's the number two thing that sin does. And it's the number two benefit of sin is that it builds a self-image. And like I said, it's not necessarily the self-image that you want. And sometimes it is the self-image that you want. You know, when we build a self-image, sometimes we're building the self-image that we desire to have in our lives. So when we come back, we're going to get to number one. The number one benefit of sin in your life. Moment of Clarity, Stefan G, back in a bit. Yeah, man, I've been fighting like it's no tomorrow days. Seeing my reflection, taking stabs at it. Broken pieces of the mirror in my bathroom. I'm crying for the Holy Spirit, now it has you. In desperation, screaming, I'll release this inner man. And funnel out this selfishness within my center, man. Cause even after I'm redeemed, I'm still a sinner. And my only hope is to follow Jesus. So I just figured, man, yo, I just figured that. Yeah. Lord, I just want to live like you. 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 Concentrate, Ben. Yes, that's good. The odds of a child becoming a professional golfer? One in 140,000. The odds of a child being diagnosed with autism, one in 150. Here are some of the signs. No big smiles or other joyful expressions by six months. No back and forth sharing of sounds or facial expressions by nine months. And no babbling by 12 months. To learn more of the signs, visit AutismSpeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Marine Corps Sergeant Andy Robinson was paralyzed when his Humvee was blown up in Iraq. Paralyzed Veterans of America helped Andy get all the health care and benefits he's entitled to. To support Paralyzed Veterans, go to pva.org. Yo, you know everybody trying to be like somebody else. But ain't nobody trying to be like me. Who am I? See, I'm the most high car. I dwell outside of time. I said, let there be light, sat back and watch this shine. Made man in my image to be a child of mine. I did it all in six days. Yeah, I'm by my grind. You don't want to feel my wrath. So don't tell the tell me. Look inside of Mac Gamora. Check the records of your history. I'm the king of all kings. President of presidents. Judge of all judges. Never had to have a lecture. Yeah, these rappers claim to be me. Trying to steal my shine. They would die as mere men. They would never be when I say the kids like me, it means to be holy. That means to love my son and to give him all the glory. Huh? Cause I'm the alpha and author and also your father and your maker and the finisher of all that was started. Ain't nothing came before me and none will come after I'm supreme Elohim. I'm the king. Moment of clarity, Stefan G. That's right, you're still tuned in to this eclectic episode of Moment of Clarity. My name is Stefan G, and we are rolling through the top five benefits of sin in your life. Like I said, and I'm going to keep driving this thing home, a lot of people don't realize, and even more people refuse to admit that sin has benefit. And I'm not talking about the churchy, you know, God is greater because you're a sinner. We're going to get to that one. But the truth of the matter is, sin has benefit in our lives 
for particular purposes and it does things that we want it to do and that's the reason that we hang on to it. We hang on to sin because it does things in our lives that we want it to do, period. And the reason I brought this up on the show today is because I really just want you to be informed. That's all it's about is information. I want you to have clarity of thought. That's why we call the show Moment of Clarity. I want you to have clarity of thought when you're engaged in sin. I want you to understand exactly what it's doing for you. And it can do more than the things that we've talked about and we have listed here. But these are the top five benefits that it provides to you. These are the top five things that sin does for you. These are the top five reasons people sin because it helps us to do these things. And so, like I said, I'm here on this show today simply to provide you with the information so that you can make a better choice. Our life, and you're going to hear me say it almost in every show, our life is filled with choices. It's like when we talk to David Taylor of singlebutready.com. Our life is filled with choices. And he was talking about how everything is one or zero. Everything is either on or off. And our life is filled with making decisions that cause us to either be on or off, yes or no. That's, That's it. And so when you're making your yes or no choice, as it involves in sin, I want you to know what it's doing for you and what might be one of the reasons you're making the choice of yes so that you can choose whether you want to make the choice of yes or not. So you can choose whether you want to be on to the on or where you want to be off to the on. Somebody got it. Y'all got it. (laughs) And so we're down to the number one reason. We're down to the number one benefit. I keep saying reason, but we're down to the number one benefit of sin in our lives. Make sure you check us out on iTunes, by the way. You can download us and subscribe to iTunes, subscribe to our show, and it'll be downloaded to your phone every single week. You will never miss an episode of Moment of Clarity. Don't forget to put us on Stitcher, too. If you're an Android person and you don't have iTunes like me, I don't like apples and I eat oranges, so I'm an Android person. And... I've got Stitcher. You can make us a favorite on Stitcher. We'll come up in your playlist. Every episode of Moment of Clarity right there. Also, don't forget to go join the quad. Go to thestephong.com and join the quad. You can engage in all the conversations that we have on the show, off the show, about the show, so on and so forth. So we're down to the number one benefit of sin in your life. The number one benefit of sin in my life. And the number one benefit of sin in your life is... It shows us the reason for Christ's death. Yeah, you thought I was going to go the other way with that one, didn't you? No, this is the number one reason. This is the number one benefit that sin has in our lives. It shows us the reason that Christ died for us. It shows us the reason that he was born, he was crucified, he died, and rose on the third day. It shows us the entire reason for that. Because without him, we would continually go back to these self-gratifying sin, these self-gratifying sins. We would continue to go back to them. We would continue to get our needs filled through sin so that we can have our self-image built. We would continue to go back to sin so that we can avoid responsibility. We would continue to go back to sin so that we can cover the pain. We would continue to go back to sin so that we can get immediate gratification and indulgence in the things that we want. It shows us the reason that he died for us because he died to overcome sin. He died to bring about your freedom from sin. One man's sin entered the world, one man's sin left the world. 
And he's the one, <laughs> in case you didn't know, he's the one through which sin left the world, not entered it. But he's he's the reason. He is, it's so funny how it works out that way. It's like, you know, when people talk about the Ten Commandments. And we all, all of us who have read through this portion of the Bible and listened to the pastors as they preach on Sunday mornings and sometimes on Wednesday and Thursday evenings and sometimes on Tuesdays and Fridays, but anyway, <laughs> we've heard the pastor say the purpose of the Ten Commandments was not to get you to stop sinning, but it was to show you how sinful you really were because nobody could ever live up to the Ten Commandments. Well, Christ came and Christ died so that you don't have to live up to the Ten Commandments, that you can only grow out of sin through him. And so he died so that you could overcome the, you can overcome the consequence of your sin. And through his love and helping you to overcome, overcome the consequence of your sin, you could by then follow him into a greater life. And so the number one benefit of sin in your life, in my life, in John's life, in Susie's life, in Billy's life, in your children's lives, in your wife, your husband, in your parents, your, your in-laws. <laughs> I had to put a pause on that one. In your in-laws, in your boss your supervisor, and your coworkers, the number one benefit to sin in all of our lives is that it shows us the reason for Christ's death. It shows us why we need Jesus in our lives. It shows us why we need to go to the foot of the cross and lay our burdens upon him. It shows us why we need to not even go to the foot of the cross. It shows us why we need to lift our burdens above our hands and allow him to take them away from us. You know, because people talk about laying your burdens upon the foot of the cross. Well, that's great, but he's not on the cross anymore. He's gone. He's gone from the cross. He's in heaven. So I'm going to raise my burdens above my head and allow him to take them out of my hands. But it will cause me to have to raise my burdens above my hands. If you want to think, we can go metaphorically for a little while, get a little preach on. You know, you're going to have to push your burdens up. You're going to have to raise them up. You're going to have to give them away. They're not going to be taken from you. You're going to have to go to him. You're going to have to speak to him. You're going to have to ask him, Lord, take these burdens from me. And he will do it. But it's just like we said in Liar Liar, last week's episode. He's not just going to make everything better. He's going to give you the opportunity to make everything better for yourself. And he's going to show you the way. And he's going to point you in the right direction. And he's going to speak to you in a soft, sweet voice. And he's going to be there for you when you need somebody to talk to. When you need to curse, go to Jesus. I have cursed so many times when I'm talking to Jesus. Because he's the person that I can really get it out with. I can't say everything I want to say to you. <laughs> Sometimes I have to hold and bite my tongue when I'm talking to you. When I'm talking to him, I can say everything. I can say anything because he can handle it. He can take it. And guess what? He is the person that he wants me to go to. He wants me to go to him and he wants me to talk to him like that when I need somebody to talk to like that. He doesn't want me to go to anybody else. He wants me to come to him. It shows the growth and the benefit and the maturation of our relationship. And so that is the number one benefit of sin is that it shows us the reason for Christ's death and it shows us just how much we need Jesus in our lives and it shows us just how great he is in our lives because if he is the only way that we can overcome sin, if he's the only way that we can stop doing all those things that we talked about, he's the only way that we can stop lying and cheating and stealing and fornicating and masturbating and 
I know. We'll talk about whether masturbation is really a sin or not. We'll take that, put that down. We'll put that on another show topic. But lying, cheating, stealing, fornicating, adultery, um, just anger, rage, meanness. There's all kinds of things that you can categorize as sin. If you really wanted to, you can take any negative behavior and find a way to categorize it as a sin. You really can find a way to categorize it as a sin. But guess what? He doesn't hold that against you. He is not here to browbeat you about that. And it's just like I said earlier in the show and throughout the show, I'm not here to browbeat your sin. Everybody's got sin. Everybody sins. Everybody sins a different way. You've all seen the post on Facebook. Don't judge somebody because they sin differently than you. I'm not here to judge anybody who sins differently than me. I'm not here to judge anybody that sins the same way that I do or I have in the past or I've thought about doing in the future. But what I am here to do on today is to teach you and to talk to you about the benefits that sin is partaking in your life. It is filling a need and you've got to find out what that need is. And when you find out what that need is, you've got to take it to the Savior so that he can fill it. So that you don't have to continue going around and around and around the same mountain over and over and over again. So you don't have to keep going through the same problems and situations over and over again. You know, I always tell people the story about my car. I drive a piece of junk. I really do. I drive a piece of junk. But I love my piece of junk. That girl is bad. I drive a piece of junk for a car. And... I used to be so upset and so frustrated with my car because it would break down over and over and over again. And it was always the alternator or it was always the battery or it was always the radiator or it was always the starter or it was always the serpentine belt. It was always something. And then one day I woke up. One day I woke up and I realized where I was and what I was doing. And I said, you know what? I drive a piece of junk car. It's always going to have a problem. And then one day it broke down on the side of the road and I wasn't even upset about it. It didn't bother me at all. It didn't bother me one little bit because I had gone through this thing so many times that I knew exactly what to do, exactly how to handle it, and exactly where to go from there. I called the tow truck. I got it towed to the place. They replaced the, the part. It was under warranty because they had replaced it three times already. And I was back on the road. But I didn't get to that place until I woke up and realized exactly where I really was in my life, exactly what I was really doing in my life, and exactly what was really happening in my life. I was driving a piece of junk. And I'm saying all of this to say if you're driving a piece of junk, metaphorically, not literally, if you're driving a piece of junk, literally too, but if you're driving a piece of junk metaphorically in your life, if you're doing the same thing over and over and over and over again, if you've got the same problem that Paul had, I do the things that I don't want to do. I don't do the things that I do want to do, and I can't figure it out. I can't figure out how to stop doing this. I can't figure out why I do this. If you're in that place, this show was for you because all you have to do is start to look at who you really are and where you really are in life. And take it to the source. Raise that burden above your head and give it to your father in heaven. And let your sin show you the reason that you need Christ in your life. Let your sin show you the reason that he died on the cross just for you. I think it's only poetic justice that I'm led to have this show today on a day that the movie Son of God comes out. Go see the movie. I haven't seen it. I'm going to go see it. 
But seriously, if this is where you are in life, then you've got to make a change. You don't have to make a change, but you want to make a change. I know you want to make a change. I know you do. You don't have to. You can continue going through this list. You can you can keep getting your immediate gratification. You can keep allowing for the indulgence and the things that you want. You can keep covering the pain. You can keep avoiding the responsibility. You can keep building a false self-image. You can keep doing that, but it's not going to give you what you want. It's not going to give you what you need. You want to be a person of purpose. You want to achieve all of those goals and aspirations that you set forth in your life. When you were a little kid and you said, I'm going to be a millionaire, I'm going to be president, I'm going to be an astronaut, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be that. You still want to be those things. You still want to be that person. You don't want to cover the pain. You want the pain gone. I know you want the pain gone because I want the pain gone. And I know you want the pain gone because I want the pain gone for you. You don't want to cover the pain. You want to eradicate the pain. You want it to never return again. And there's only one way that can happen. You don't want to avoid the responsibility. You want to take the responsibility. You want to, when people say, who's responsible for this? You want to be able to say, I am. I did it. I was the one. I was the person that achieved. I was the person that overcame. I was the person that was victorious. I was the person that made a difference. I did it. You want that responsibility. I know you do. I know you don't want to build a false self-image. You want to build a true self-image. You want to build your image in the image of Christ. I know you do. You wouldn't be listening if you didn't. So allow your sin to show you the reason he died and allow your sin to show you how much he loves you and allow your sin to show you just how great he is. Every time you sin, I'm not saying today's show is going to stop you from sinning. If you sin, you sin. We all sin. We're all sinners. We've all fallen short. I could care less how much you sin. All I care about is what you do after you're done. Go to Christ. Go to the source. Find him. Talk to him. Ask him to forgive you. Let him do better for you. It can be achieved. I love all of y'all. I appreciate you listening. Make sure you check me out, thestephang.com. Find the show every single week. Quad, join the quad. Find the show every single week on iTunes and Stitcher and join the quad so that you can partake in more conversations about this and find the reason for your sin and let your sin show you why Jesus died on the cross. Because he died on the cross for you and your sin and your old crazy self. He loves you way more than I ever could. Moment of clarity, Stefan G. I'll talk to y'all next week.
Jesus. God help. 